Section 3 of In Time of Emergency, A Citizen's Handbook on Nuclear Attack, Natural Disasters, by the United States Office of Civil Defense. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3. Know About Warning. Summary. Before an Emergency. 1. Learn what outdoor warning signals are used in your community, what they sound like, what they mean, and what actions you should take when you hear them. 2. Make sure you know the difference between the attack warning signal and the attention or alert signal, if both are used in your community. During an emergency. 1. When you hear the warning signals or warning information is broadcast, take prompt action. 2. If the attack warning signal sounds, go to a fallout shelter immediately, unless your local government has told you to do something else. After you are in shelter, Listen to a radio for more information and instructions. 3. If there is no public or private shelter you can go to, try to improvise some fallout protection. As a last resort, take cover in the best available place. 4. If there should be a nuclear flash, especially if you feel the warmth from it, take cover instantly, and then move to a fallout shelter later. Know about warning. An enemy attack on the United States probably would be preceded by a period of international tension or crisis. This crisis period would help alert all citizens to the possibility of attack. If an attack actually occurs, it is almost certain that incoming enemy planes and missiles would be detected by our networks of warning stations in time for citizens to get to shelters, or at least take cover. This warning time might be as little as 5 to 15 minutes in some locations, or as much as an hour or more in others. How you received warning of an attack would depend on where you happened to be at that time. You might hear the warning given on radio or television, or even by word of mouth. Or your first notice of attack might come from the outdoor warning system in your own city, town, or village. Many U.S. cities and towns have outdoor warning systems, including sirens, whistles, horns, or bells. Although they have been installed mainly to warn citizens of enemy attack, some local governments also use them in connection with natural disasters and other peacetime catastrophes. Different cities and towns are using their outdoor warning systems in different ways. Most local governments, however, have decided to use a certain signal to warn people of an enemy attack, and a different signal to notify them of a peacetime disaster. The Standard Warning Signals The two standard signals that have been adopted in most communities are these. The Attack Warning Signal This will be sounded only in case of enemy attack. The signal itself is a three to five minute wavering sound on the sirens, or a series of short blasts on whistles, horns, or other devices, repeated as deemed necessary. The attack warning signal means that an actual enemy attack against the United States has been detected, and that protective action should be taken immediately. This signal has no other meaning, and will be used for no other purpose. The attention or alert signal. This is used by some local governments to get the attention of citizens in a time of threatened or impending natural disaster, or some other peacetime emergency. The signal itself is a three to five minute steady blast on sirens, whistles, horns, or other devices. 
in most places the attention or alert signal means that the local government wants to broadcast important information on radio or television concerning a peacetime disaster see chapter one of major national disasters section of this handbook what to do when signals sound one if you should hear the attack warning signal unless your local government has instructed you otherwise go immediately to a public fallout shelter marked like this or to your home fallout shelter turn on a radio tune it to any local station that is broadcasting and listen for official information follow whatever instructions are given if you are at home and there is no public or private shelter available you may be able to improvise some last-minute protection for yourself and your family by following the suggestions in Chapter 5 of this handbook. As a last resort, take cover anywhere you can. 2. If you should hear the attention or alert signal, turn on a radio or TV set, tune it to any local station, and follow the official instructions being broadcast. Don't use the telephone. Whichever signal is sounding, don't use the telephone to obtain further information and advice about the emergency. Depend on the radio or television, since the government will be broadcasting all the information it has available. The telephone lines will be needed for official calls. Help keep them open. Learn your community's signals now. As mentioned before, not all communities in the U.S. have outdoor warning systems, and not all communities with warning systems have adopted the two standard warning signals. You should therefore find out now from your local civil defense office what signals are being used in your community, what they sound like, what they mean, and what actions you should take when you hear them. Then memorize this information, or write it down on a card to carry with you at all times. Also, post it in your home. Check at least once each year to see if there are any changes. If there is a nuclear flash. It is possible, but extremely unlikely, that your first warning of an enemy attack might be the flash of a nuclear explosion in the sky some distance away. Or there might be a flash after warning had been given, possibly while you were on your way to shelter. Take cover instantly. If there should be a nuclear flash, especially if you are outdoors and feel warmth at the same time, take cover instantly in the best place you can find. By getting inside or under something within a few seconds, you might avoid being seriously burned by the heat or injured by the blast wave of the nuclear explosion. If the explosion were some distance away, you might have 5 to 15 seconds before being seriously injured by the heat, and perhaps 30 to 60 seconds before the blast wave arrived. Getting under cover within these time limits might save your life or avoid serious injury. Also, to avoid injuring your eyes, never look at the flash of an explosion or the nuclear fireball. Where to take cover? You could take cover in any kind of building, a storm cellar or fruit cellar, a subway station or tunnel, or even in a ditch or culvert alongside the road, a highway underpass, a storm sewer, a cave or outcropping of rock, a pile of heavy materials, a trench or other excavation. Even getting under a parked automobile, bus or train, or a heavy piece of furniture, would protect you to some extent. 
If no cover is available, simply lie down on the ground and curl up. The important thing is to avoid being burned by the heat, thrown about by the blast, or struck by flying objects. Best Position After Taking Cover After taking cover you should lie on your side in a curled up position and cover your head with your arms and hands. This should give you some additional protection. Move to a fallout shelter later. If you protected yourself against the blast and heat waves by instantly taking cover, you could get protection from the radioactive fallout, which would arrive later, by moving to a fallout shelter. Chapter 4. Fallout Shelters, Public and Private Summary Before an Emergency 1. Learn the locations of the public fallout shelters that your local government wants you to go to in a time of attack. If no instructions of this kind have been issued, learn the locations of the public shelters nearest to you when you are at home, work, or school. Make sure each member of the family knows these locations. 2. If there is no public fallout shelter near your home, prepare a permanent or pre-planned family shelter at home. During an emergency. 1. When you are warned of an enemy attack, go immediately to a public fallout shelter or to your own home shelter unless your local government has given you other instructions. 2. Stay in shelter until you receive official notice that it is safe to come out. Fallout Shelters Public and Private After a nuclear attack, fallout particles would drift down on most areas of this country. To protect themselves from the radiation given off by these particles, people in affected areas would have to stay in fallout shelters for two or three days to as long as two weeks. Many people would go to public fallout shelters, while others, through choice or necessity, would take refuge in private or home fallout shelters. Identifying Public Shelters Most communities now have public fallout shelters that would protect many of their residents against fallout radiation. Where there are still not enough public shelters to accommodate all citizens, efforts are being made to provide more. In the meantime, local governments plan to make use of the best available shelter. Most of the existing public shelters are located in larger buildings and are marked with this standard yellow and black fallout shelter sign. Other public shelters are in smaller buildings, subways, tunnels, mines, and other facilities. These also are marked with shelter signs, or would be marked in a time of emergency. Learn the locations of public shelters. An attack might come at any hour of the day or night. Therefore you should find out now the locations of those public fallout shelters designated by your local government for your use. If no designations have yet been made, learn the locations of public shelters that are nearest to you when you are at home, work, school, or any other place where you spend considerable time. This advice applies to all members of the family. Your children especially should be given clear instructions now on where to find a fallout shelter at all times of the day, and told what other actions they should take in case an attack should occur. A home shelter may save your life. Public fallout shelters usually offer some advantages over home shelters. However, in many places, especially suburban and rural areas, there are few public shelters. If there is none near you, a home fallout shelter may save your life.
the basements of some homes are usable as family fallout shelters as they now stand, without any alterations or changes, especially if the house has two or more stories, and its basement is below ground level. However, most home basements would need some improvements in order to shield their occupants adequately from the radiation given off by fallout particles. Usually, householders can make these improvements themselves, with moderate effort, and at low cost. Millions of homes have been surveyed for the U.S. Office of Civil Defense by the U.S. Census Bureau, and these householders have received information on how much fallout protection their basements would provide, and how to improve their protection. Shielding material is required. In setting up any home fallout shelter, the basic aim is to place enough shielding material between the people in the shelter and the fallout particles outside. Shielding material is any substance that would absorb and deflect the invisible rays given off by fallout particles outside the house, and thus reduce the amount of radiation reaching the occupants of the shelter. The thicker or denser the shielding material is, the more it would protect the shelter occupants. Some radiation protection is provided by the existing, standard walls and ceiling of a basement. But if they are not thick or dense enough, other shielding material will have to be added. Concrete, bricks, earth, and sand are some of the materials that are dense or heavy enough to provide fallout protection. For comparative purposes, four inches of concrete would provide the same shielding density as five to six inches of bricks, six inches of sand or gravel, six inches of earth. Sand, gravel, or earth may be packed into bags, cartons, boxes, or other containers for easier handling. Eight inches of hollow concrete blocks, six inches if filled with sand. Ten inches of water, fourteen inches of books or magazines, eighteen inches of wood. How to prepare a home shelter. If there is no public fallout shelter near your home, or if you would prefer to use a family-type shelter in a time of attack, you should prepare a home fallout shelter. Here is how to do it. A permanent basement shelter. If your home basement, or one corner of it, is below ground level, your best and easiest action would be to prepare a permanent-type family shelter there. The required shielding material would cost perhaps $100 to $200, and if you have basic carpentry or masonry skills, you probably could do the work yourself in a short time. Here are three methods of providing a permanent family shelter in the best corner of your home basement, that is, the corner which is most below ground level. If you decide to set up one of these shelters, first get the free plan for it by writing to Civil Defense Army Publications Center, 2800 Eastern Boulevard, Middle River, Baltimore, Maryland, 21220. In ordering a plan, use the full name shown for it. Ceiling Modification Plan A If nearly all your basement is below ground level, you can use this plan to build a fallout shelter area in one corner of it, without changing the appearance of it or interfering with its normal peacetime use. However, if 12 inches or more of the basement wall is above ground level, this plan should not be used unless you add the optional walls shown in the sketch. Overhead protection is obtained by screwing plywood sheets securely to the joists 
and then filling the spaces between the joists with bricks or concrete blocks. An extra beam and a screwjack column may be needed to support the extra weight. Building this shelter requires some basic woodworking skills and about $150 to $200 for materials. It can be set up while the house is being built or afterward. Alternate Ceiling Modification Plan B This is similar to Plan A, except that new extra joists are fitted into part of the basement ceiling to support the added weight of the shielding, instead of using a beam and a screwjack column. The new wooden joists are cut to length and notched at the ends, and then installed between the existing joists. After plywood panels are screwed securely into the joists, bricks or concrete blocks are then packed tightly into the spaces between the joists. The bricks or blocks, as well as the joists themselves, will reduce the amount of fallout radiation penetrating downward into the basement. Approximately one quarter of the total basement ceiling should be reinforced with extra joists and shielding material. Important. This plan, like plan A, should not be used if 12 inches or more of your basement wall is above ground level, unless you add the optional walls inside your basement that are shown in the Plan A sketch. Permanent Concrete Block or Brick Shelter, Plan C. This shelter will provide excellent protection, and can be constructed easily at a cost of $150 in most parts of the country. Made of concrete blocks or bricks, the shelter should be located in the corner of your basement that is most below ground level. It can be built low, to serve as a sit-down shelter, or by making it higher you can have a shelter in which people can stand erect. The shelter ceiling, however, should not be higher than the outside ground level of the basement corner where the shelter is located. The higher your basement is above ground level, the thicker you should make the walls and roof of this shelter, since your regular basement walls will provide only limited shielding against outside radiation. Natural ventilation is provided by the shelter entrance, and by the air vents shown in the shelter wall. This shelter can be used as a storage room or for other useful purposes in non-emergency periods. A pre-planned basement shelter. If your home has a basement, but you do not wish to set up a permanent type basement shelter, the next best thing would be to arrange to assemble a pre-planned home shelter. This simply means gathering together in advance the shielding material you would need to make your basement, or one part of it, resistant to fallout radiation. This material could be stored in or around your home, ready for use whenever you decided to set up your basement shelter. Here are two kinds of pre-planned basement shelters. If you want to set up one of these, be sure to get the free plan for it first by writing to Civil Defense, Army Publications Center, 2800 Eastern Boulevard, Middle River, Baltimore, Maryland, 21220. Mention the full name of the plan you want. Pre-planned snack bar shelter, Plan D. This is a snack bar built of bricks or concrete blocks, set in mortar, in the best corner of your basement, the corner that is most below ground level. It can be converted quickly into a fallout shelter by lowering a strong, hinged, false ceiling so that it rests on the snack bar. When the false ceiling is lowered into place in a time of emergency, the hollow sections of it can be filled with bricks or concrete blocks. 
these can be stored conveniently nearby, or can be used as room dividers or recreation room furniture. See bench in sketch. Pre-planned tilt-up storage unit, plan E. A tilt-up storage unit in the best corner of your basement is another method of setting up a pre-planned family fallout shelter. The top of the storage unit should be hinged to the wall. In peacetime, the unit can be used as a bookcase, pantry, or storage facility. In a time of emergency, the storage unit can be tilted so that the bottom of it rests on a wall of bricks or concrete blocks that you have stored nearby. Other bricks or blocks should then be placed in the storage unit's compartments to provide an overhead shield against fallout radiation. The fallout protection offered by your home basement also can be increased by adding shielding material to the outside exposed portion of your basement walls and by covering your basement windows with shielding material. You can cover the above-ground portion of the basement walls with earth, sand, bricks, concrete blocks, stones from your patio, or other material. You can also use any of these substances to block basement windows, and thus prevent outside fallout radiation from entering your basement in that manner. A Permanent Outside Shelter If your home has no basement, or if you prefer to have a permanent type home shelter in your yard, you can obtain instructions on how to construct several different kinds of outside fallout shelters by writing to the U.S. Office of Civil Defense, Department of Defense, Washington, D.C., 20310. There is no charge for these. When to Leave Shelter You should not come out of shelter until you are told by authorities that it is safe to do so. Special instruments are needed to detect fallout radiation and to measure its intensity. Unless you have these instruments, you will have to depend on your local government to tell you when to leave shelter. This information probably would be given on the radio, which is one reason why you should keep on hand a battery-powered radio that works in your shelter area. If you come out of shelter too soon, while the fallout particles outside are still highly radioactive, you might receive enough radiation to make you sick or even kill you. Remember that fallout particles can be seen, but the rays they give off cannot be seen. If you see unusual quantities of gritty particles outside, on window ledges, sidewalks, cars, etc., after an attack, you should assume that they are fallout particles, and therefore stay inside your shelter until you are told it is safe to come out. End of section 3